you're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast. This episode is produced by Martin Gregory. Hello and welcome back to the Gaming Corner. In this episode, we'll be looking at three games that I feel that were the best in 2018 or that surpassed my expectation. There are also some games that I'm not going to be talking about, but I think deserve a shout out as they are spectacular games that I urge you to go and play them, such as Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Monster Hunter World, Celeste, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And with that, let's have a look at the three games that I've highlighted that I believe are the best games of 2018. So the first game I'm going to talk about is Red Dead Redemption 2. This game is personally my favourite game of the year. The game is set before the events of Red Dead Redemption, taking place in 1899. You start out fleeing from the law after a bank robbery in Blackwater that turned sour. There are now talks of a turncoat in amongst your ranks. The main theme of the game is about the decline of the gunslingers and the outlaws, where you are a part of a small group known as Vandalier's Gang, and now stand against the ever-changing landscape of American modernization while being hunted down by the law. When this game was announced, gamers were skeptical, not playing as the beloved John Marsden from the first Red Dead Redemption game, instead of playing as a new character, Arthur Morgan. However, those concerns quickly faded as Arthur became a lovable rogue and equally loved character with his wise cracks and his sharp tongue. The game has what you expect in a western game, train robbing, bank jobs, daring escapes on horseback. However, it's clear to me that one of the main focuses of this game is the relationship within the gang and the misadventures they have with one another. The game, it looks beautiful and it really captures the feel of people struggling in the untamed wilderness while still implementing that skeleton frame of modern day America. The encounters I've had in Red Dead 2 is unbelievable. At one point, I'm chasing down a bounty for a wanted criminal. Then I'm jumped by a rival gang on my way to collect the bounty. They chase me all the way back into Valentine, which is a small town, where the lawmen came out and fought off the outlaws with me, for them to only turn on me later in the gunfight. They had their reasons. It might have been because I killed an innocent civilian by accident. Thus, turning into a freeway fight to the death, barely made it out alive. The chance of that is like... A one in a million and that's why i like this game the unpredictability of the entirety of the game the campaign is fantastic i cannot fault it yes it has those tropes of go here talk to this person ride over here but that's all excusable as there's a lot of things going on upon the world the amount of times i've passed strangers and some people genuinely want some help or like prisoners asking to be released you can choose what you want to do in this game and it affects the world around you. Within the first five missions, you have a choice of letting this guy fall to his death because he knows who you truly are, that you're this wanted criminal, or you can choose to help him. But the risk is he could come back and haunt you later in the game. This game is amazing. It's equally as good as the first Red Dead Redemption, if not better. It's a game you could play for hours upon end and encounter new and exciting and interesting things along the way. And I feel like Rockstar have achieved a new height of immersion as well as creating a fantastic story. Simple, but fantastic. The second game I want to talk about is Marvel Spider-Man. 
In a world where superhero movies reign supreme, it couldn't be any more different in the industry of gaming. The last decent series of games was probably the Batman Arkham franchise. Ever since then, it's been very mediocre, and probably before that you had to go back to Spider-Man 2, which was at least in 2004. Marvel Spider-Man is developed by Insomnia Games. It's clear that their goal is to make you feel like Spider-Man, swinging throughout Manhattan and beating bad guys with web-based gadgets. I feel like they achieved this through the smooth transition in combat and character development, which quite frankly is spectacular. So let's talk about the man under the mask, Peter Parker. In this game you play as him a fair amount actually. Peter works for Feast, which is a homeless shelter, and you go on small quests for them. Also, he works at Auto Octavius, where these quests are more scientific and develop a bit more of intellectual thinking. It's quite a nice little change of pace and adds a bit more of a dynamic to Peter's character. One area I really want to talk about is the relationship between Peter Parker and Mary Jane. It is really submersive and has a realistic feel and it's made better by the two people playing Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Yuri Lundfall and Laura Bailey have put on a clinic, expressing great emotion throughout the story. The main story missions often take you into large-scale interiors, sometimes for light puzzle solving or occasionally stealthy takedown scenarios. It's quite reminiscent of Batman Arkham franchise. The framework is largely the same, enter a room, avoid being detected, and use quiet web-based attacks. Overall, this game surpassed my expectations. I thought it would have a handful of animal-themed boss battles and focus on one story arc of stopping one guy and going back to his roots, talking about Uncle Ben dying, the usual stuff that you see in a reboot franchise game. However, they went one better. They created a huge story, each with different story arcs and different emotional backgrounds and connections between different characters. I was not expecting having so much time playing as just Peter Parker. I thought it'd be very mainly Spider-Man. And when playing as Spider-Man, you feel really nimble and acrobatic, swinging throughout the city of Manhattan. As well as there is customization throughout the game, if that's changing your suit or different gadgets, you can go into different fights, taking a new approach to each different scenario in the game. As well as there's collectibles in the game, which offer backstory. So those people who love the franchise and really get involved more in it can also enjoy it. I hope to see more superhero games like this, and even another Spider-Man game. The short success this game has had, it's been really refreshing and a fine take on the superhero tropes. Even though the film industry has been oversaturated by superhero movies, decent and fun fantastic superhero games I think we've been deprived of for too long. The last game I'm going to talk about and it's also the second game in this episode that focuses on the single player element in this era of online multiplayer games, God of War. Also, to many, God of War 4. The game is set in North mythology inspired world and starring a reimagined character. The game is a non-stop whirlwind of emotions. It's all framed by one continuous camera shot that never cuts away or takes the focus off the heart of it all, Kratos and his relationship with his young son, Atreus. The story is about fulfilling a dying wish of his wife and his son's mother as she asks for her ashes to be spread at the highest peak of the Nine Realms, which will then take us on a spectacular journey. 
God of War is more or less a reboot to the franchise. The game keeps some of the core elements that made God of War popular in the first place, like the hack and slash mechanic, and at times being overly brutal towards enemies. Honestly, there'll be moments within this game you'll finish off enemies and sit back and think how powerful and awesome you are. In a hack and slash games, you might get bored of traditional reskinned bad guys and button mashing over and over. In God of War, it is different. I never felt tired of the combat, and there are a lot of different approaches in combat with different combat chains you can use. And like I said, with this new progressional system, you can make some unbelievable combos and cut enemies down to size. Then there is Atreus, your son and companion. In this medium where companions do little damage or very ineffectual, Atreus couldn't be any different. He can stun enemies, use different arrows as you progress through the story, acrobatic kicks to knock them down, and provide great damage. He's really a fantastic companion, and probably one of the best companions in video game history. Honestly, he is that useful. Yes, he is a child, however, he's a child of a god. The world design is rewarding to explore. If it's not in the mountains, it's in the dark ruins or caves, or the lush greenery of fields and forest. The world is so beautiful, accompanied by music fading in and out, creating a wonderful feeling within the game. Some people have even compared it to The Last of Us and how the scenes play out, which I think is a fair comparison, and The Last of Us was a fantastic game. God of War is clearly no different. The monsters you encounter look terrifying and just pop right off the screen. I think this is also due with the game being framed by one continuous camera shot. I know I said this earlier, but honestly, no cutscenes, no close-up on people's reactions. The camera angle does change, and that's due to it loading the world, but it makes it so seamless and keeps the immersion going. Usually in modern games these days, you'll get to an area and it, you'll be hit with a load screen or a cutscene while the next area is loaded. But with God of War, it's different. You don't realize this until you stop and actually think about it. Honestly, it never breaks away from the immersion and it never breaks away from the main focus of the game. This game is clearly the best game of 2018. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone who would disagree with that. Honestly, every review I looked at, every video I watched on it, people ranted and raved about this. And when I was playing it, I couldn't help but fall in love with this game as well. Well, there you have it. Three games that I felt highlighted the best of 2018 games. One surprised me and exceeded my expectations. And two games that I couldn't help but fall in love with. Honestly, I would urge anyone to pick up these three games alone. With God of War, it finishes on clear indication there will be a sequel to this game. With Spider-Man, it's more just hope for the future that superhero games can live up to these expectations and Spider-Man really put my faith back into these sort of games. And finally, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like I said, it was my favourite game out of all three of these and in 2018. Although I gave God of War the credit of being the best game this is something that I just loved. I enjoyed the first one so much, and this prequel to it was fantastic. Did I miss any games? Or maybe you'd like to hear me review some of your favorite games of 2018 or before. You can let me know 
by going to our website, going to our Twitter, or emailing us. I've been Martin Gregory, and I'm now going to go play some more Red Dead Redemption 2. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast with Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory, and me, Ben Ridley. Music provided by Epidemic Sound. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.